Welcome to the Final Girls Podcast, where we're finally done with the teenagers. I'm Anna Bogutska, co-founder of the Final Girls Collective and your podcast host. This is it. There's no more teen horror. And to celebrate or commemorate the end of this absolutely insanely long season that I've just done of 40 episodes all about teen horror, I've done a little medley with the voices of some of my contributors this season. Instead of doing a roundup or a top 10 or an almost rants, instead of doing another blowout big episode, I wonder what could we do that could be fun and interesting and a little bit different and could involve as many of the contributors of this season that I've had the pleasure to record episodes with. So I asked some of my contributors to send me their thoughts about what they think the best era for teen horror is. This is Mary Wilde. My favorite era for teen horror is the 1980s. I especially love Friday the 13th, Prom Night, A Nightmare on Elm Street, and the very best one, in my opinion, Slumber Party Massacre. These films remind me of my childhood as I was a kid in the 80s, so the nostalgia is a big draw. Seeing the feminine hairstyles, fashion, and makeup from that decade takes me back to my own aesthetic preoccupations at the time. And it's a reminder of what a huge influence it had on me. But more than that, what fascinates me about 80s teen horror is the psychological dimension, usually depicting an enormous curiosity on the part of youngsters about murkier aspects of life, things they don't yet understand, things that trouble them. The confronting element is always shown outlandishly, There's nothing subtle about the horror factor in the films of this era. What provokes fear is presented, figuratively speaking, in primary colors. It's unrefined and bonkers, but becomes iconic in the process. It has that touch of the rock stars of the era too. Poison, Motley Crue, Kiss, Guns N' Roses... Very hard-edged, excessive, mischievous, glamorous, fun, and a little cheesy. This is my jam. This is Clarice Lockery. My pick for the best era of teen horror would have to be the 80s. I think that was the time when generally, you know, so much of teen cinema was codified, you know, 
all of the tropes that we work with today, the the high school jock and the cheerleader and the nerd and and all of that delightful stuff. I mean, that really comes from the the eighties teen movies. And I think because you know, so much of horror and so much of great horror is is about you know, interacting with and subverting wider cultural tropes. And so to have this sort of, this new language of teen life that was really becoming like so concrete in the 80s with like the John Hughes movies, um, I think it just meant that horror could have a lot of fun with that. And you see that in like Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th or like The Lost Boys. And... I think on top of that, the tone of that era felt right. Like, the excess of the 80s was obviously quite campy and reads quite campy to us now. And I think that applies very well to teen horror. And there's also that really interesting contrast between, you know, the the craving for, like, sexual liberation, desire, and, and a sense of independence within teens, like, in some of these movies contrasted directly with the very like moralizing backlash of the Reagan era so there's this like weird there's like weird tension within everything that makes every like 80s teen horror movie feel a little bit more exciting and and it's sort of the birth of the cynicism that you then see turn into self-awareness during the 90s with stuff like Scream but it's more thrilling to me when it's kind of nascent and it's it's and obviously you look at something like Heathers and it feels so radical because it was new. And I think that's the coolest thing. Like, it's just the 80s of the 80s teen horror movies are just the most exciting ones to me. I think that's the answer. This is BJ Colangelo, and I think that the best era for teen horror was in the 90s. And I know, I know, as a 90s kid, this makes me sound incredibly biased and nostalgic for the time period that molded me, and for the most part, that's true. But I also think a lot about the grand scheme of the landscape of teen horror. Obviously, the movies in the 70s and 80s, mostly slashers, are ones that we all love and enjoy. They set the the groundwork for everything that would come in the 90s. But the 90s is when teen horror put the emphasis on the teen before the horror. The problems that these characters were dealing with in their day-to-day lives were given just as much importance as whatever fresh hell awaited them. Movies like Disturbing Behavior, The Rage Carry 2, and even The Faculty are movies that resonate with me on a level that John Hughes movies, and no offense to the king, but John Carpenter movies could never. And it's because these movies let teenagers be teenagers. The 90s was also a time of experimentation where people were kind of throwing anything at the wall to see what would stick. It was a very cynical and snarky decade, but did so without being mean-spirited. Don't get me wrong, I have a lot of love for the 2000s, but a lot of those films ended up being mean-spirited, and that's not always a bad thing. There's plenty of good about a mean-spirited teen horror movie, but for me, 
It's the 90s. Something about that era of Kevin Williamson-style teen speak just really connects with me. It's why a lot of the movies that I keep coming back to over and over again are from that decade, despite being someone who was born in 1990. These movies were far more advanced for my age as I was seeing them, but it didn't matter. These were the teenagers I aspired to be. These were the lives that I wanted to live. And I love them. And I love returning to them. I mean, even outside of horror, 1999 is the year of the teen movie. So many seminal teen classics, regardless of subgenre, came out in 1999 alone. It's gotta be the 90s. Now, it's probably no surprise (laughs) that my favourite era of horror is the 1990s for teen horror. Um, And I include the early 2000s in that, of course. But I think it just really solidified a specific type of horror film, a specific type of teen horror film and of slasher especially. Of course, it's when we got Scream and Scream 2. I know what you did last summer, and I still know what you did last summer. Um, the faculty. <laughs> um, there's like, I did more than I can even name. It was just the era for teen horror films. I think there was Fear, which is, I love that film so much. Um, Final Destination, which again was 2000, which we're including. Urban Legend, which is arguably like terrible, but it's still really fun to watch. Um, Halloween H2O, which is my favorite, <laughs> my favorite Halloween, which is also probably controversial. It's really the year of Josh Hartnett or the years of Josh Hartnett. But yeah, we had, you know, everyone, every teen heartthrob from all the shows, like teens were like a big deal in the 90s. Loads of shows and like films revolved around them. This generation who didn't know what to do with the next step in their lives and whatever, like at this particular time. And so I just think there's a lot of, there's a lot of material in that era for this particular genre. This idea of teens like doing stuff they're not meant to do and maybe being caught out for it. Like, the whole question of like teens having sex, like the whole trope about teens having sex and then being more vulnerable to bad things happen to them, like some sort of weird moral tale. Um, I don't know, and it's all our favorite people. It's Sarah Michelle Gellar, it's in Campbell, even Katie Holmes, I think, is in one. Was she particular teacher, I believe? <laughs> Josh Hart and it, Elijah Wood, like it's literally. <laughs> And even Usher gets a look in in the faculty. Like it's um, everyone you're watching on everything else, like on MTV or whatever, everyone you're watching in Dawson's Creek and um, all those shows, they they made it into these films as well. And it just really felt like it's when everyone was wearing like, you know, jeans under, like bootcut jeans under dresses. No one had a stylist. Everything just felt more pure. I guess there was just a lack of, too much information like we have now like it obviously wasn't like the golden era of Hollywood where we didn't know anything about stars apart from kind of what they put out but there was just a nice in between where it was like oh we know a little bit we know enough about feuds and stuff but like 
not too much. They weren't speaking for themselves on Twitter. They were <laughs> like, and I think, you know, it just, it was easier for teens. There's all these teen magazines. It's easy to buy into like these things. And you'd really see a film because Josh Hartnett was in it, because Sarah Michelle Gellar was in it, because Reese Witherspoon was in it. Like you were like, oh, these are, these are it. These are my people. Um, but yeah, so I think the 90s, I would say up until about mm, 2005, I count as that era, is just chef's kiss, peak, peak teen, traumatizing, I did a bad thing, don't tell anybody, horror. This is Yara's Aid, and I do wonder what the best era for teen horror is. It's a difficult question to answer, but this is what I've come up with. I think my favorite era for the teen horror films has to be in the 90s, which feels very expected, maybe even cliche at this point, but 90s teen horror just had a certain element of fun that translated so well back then that even now it's pretty exciting to watch. Because when I think of some of my favorite horror films from the 90s teen era, I come away with things like The Faculty, The Craft, Scream of Course, Ginger Snaps, which is actually the year 2000, but it's right on the cusp that I'm gonna count it anyway, because I can. Even movies that I personally didn't think were super well executed, like Disturbing Behavior, and ones that were critically panned, like Idle Hands, I think have some sort of merit to them. It's like in the late 60s and 70s, it's when we start to introduce more teenage characters and teenage stories within horror. And the 80s is where we get pretty cozy, and the 90s is like a new frontier. How are we going to combine the horror tropes that we've seen before alongside some of the cozier elements of teen movies in general. So looking at John Hughes, looking at Clueless, and finding beautiful, beautiful bloodshed within that. It sort of felt like a new frontier of horror movies, and oddly enough to me, it still feels that way now. I think when you're craving a horror movie, that's one thing, but when you're craving specifically a 90s teen horror movie, it's a very particular itch to scratch because there's something that characterizes that era of teen horror that I find very comforting and I find very exciting, even though it's literally been years since this era had its heyday was established, but it just got a certain little je ne sais quoi, you know what I mean? It's very clear that people love the 90s. As do I, don't get me wrong. And I thank Mary Wilde, Clarice Lockery, BJ Colangelo, Isara Barbara Brown, and Yara Zaid for their thoughts and their time. Having spent so long in the world of teen horror, I have a lot of thoughts. After recording 40 episodes and covering 60 films, well, films and TV shows, it's been really interesting to draw a very, very large history from the very beginning of horror slashers, which I do consider teen horror. They usually star 
ageless young people that could be considered teenagers. Some of them are literally um, set in high schools like Carrie or Halloween or summer camps like Friday the 13th. Some of them are parodies like student bodies. Some of them are just, you know, very serious, very dark adaptations of novels like Christine. Um, some of them are kind of underrated or underseen or simply not very available, like Mirror Mirror and that whole franchise or the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Some of them have become really revered cult classics and kind of lift between horror and extreme teen movie world like Heathers. Some of them, you know, are kind of ridiculous, like Halloween H2O or Idle Hands. But in going through this history of teen horror, it's been really interesting to see not just who played the teenagers, was it always the 27-year-olds, and not just kind of how the fashions have changed or how much gorier or funnier some of the films have gotten, uh, but it's been interesting to see the peaks and valleys of the genre, how we don't even consider the slashers of the 70s and the 80s really to be that much about teenagers. They're very much about the killers, about the gore, about the massacres. And then in the 90s, it's the golden era of meta slashers of the revival that happened with Scream and the Kevin Williamson of it all, the way that the teenagers and the dialogues and the scripts got snappy, but also quite nasty. And then there was a dip, you know, what we always consider to be the dark ages of horror. I'm not necessarily agreeing with this. There was considered to be a dip in that era. And I think since the 2010s and with massive blockbuster successes like the It movies, we've been living in sort of a new golden age of teen horror movies, but we don't really consider them teen horror movies in the same way. We're thinking of them as just horror movies, which I find quite interesting to consider. And after the success of the Fear Street trilogy last year, which we covered extensively on this podcast, and you can go and revisit those episodes, teen horror has become more expansive, more ambitious. It's left, literally left the high school and the prom as its key scenarios. And it's now involving time travel and different dimensions and these huge stories and huge big bads that they have to take care of so the entire world lives on the shoulders of teenagers. And what's really interesting, and this has come up over and over again watching these movies and the shows, is that actually the adults are now also a big part of these stories. You know, the way we talk about yellow jackets, where we literally get the contrast of the same characters in their teenage forms and in their adult forms, or something like Stranger Things, which the latest season of which we cover in depth on our Patreon page, you know, where we get as much storyline for the adult characters as we do for the now teenage characters. Before, and mostly in the genre, it would usually be the teens are by themselves and the parents, the adults are simply not a part of their world. Now we're really seeing them getting a lot more engaged and getting a lot more space to also be involved in that world or for us to see their perspective. So instead of listening to me yammer on 
with my random thoughts. I asked my contributors to send in their thoughts. And I asked them two questions. And you've heard their answers to the first one, which was all about their favorite or what they considered the the greatest era for teen horror. But there was a second question that I wanted them to consider, which was about the future of teen horror and where they thought the genre was heading towards. So you've heard my thoughts, but let's hear from them. sure if I know where teen horror is headed because you know I think so much of cinema is now just in conversation with itself I mean we are in peak nostalgia mode in every genre on every forefront (laughs) and certainly you see that in teen horror I mean one of the most popular ones of of recent times was the Fear Street trilogy which was pure throwback uh, Stranger Things, if you count that as horror, that's a massive nostalgia. Uh, the new Scream movie, also just a throwback. <laughs> and so I guess that will probably continue for a while, but I think eventually we're all going to have to move on at some point. I don't know when or how or if something has to collapse for us to be able to <laughs> to, to go somewhere else. Um, but I think for me, what I'm particularly excited by, and I think we might see more and more of, uh, is teen horror that more specifically interacts with, like, the existence of Gen Z (laughs) and how they navigate through the world and, you know, the intrusions of technology and and such like insane instability in the world uh geographically climate change politically economically socially uh i think a great example of that was we're all going to the world's fair that came out this year um you know that being embedded in the world of creepy pastors which is to me in general like the frontier of horror storytelling is not even the stuff that's happening in cinema it's like the stuff going on 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 yeah on like reddit or or the tiktok trend that they had recently about skinwalkers and everyone was going out and like filming what they were saying were skinwalkers that it was creating like this new myth and this new narrative around them um i I don't know if that's where horror is headed. I would like for it to to interact more with that world and, you know, to really integrate how we uh, tell scary stories to each other these days, which is not always through the most conventional means. I think we're in a golden age of teen horror. 
We've been seeing so many filmmakers take the energy of films from the 90s and the 2000s and incorporate them through a Gen Z lens. We're getting so many popular shows, things like Euphoria or even Yellow Jackets, which in and of itself is a throwback to the 90s, and people are loving it. The movies are getting more mature. The The definition of teen is expanding Teen movies are also taking in young adult audiences, people that are in their 20s and college age, and that's also great uh, because we never stop growing up. We're coming of age all at different times of our lives, and I love that the teen horror of the current era is acknowledging that, that sometimes you don't come of age when you're 16, sometimes you're 24, and that is just as valid. I think that we're getting to a place where we're finally realizing that it's okay to be edgy again. I think for a while, we were terrified about quote-unquote bad representation, or we were terrified of not having strong female characters. There was a bit of an overcorrection period just to combat the decades of terrible treatment of people on screen. And now I feel like the pendulum is starting to balance out again. And I am so excited to see what comes next. I wonder about where we're headed in terms of teen horror all the time. Are we going to veer more into a direction where everything is about prestige and seriousness and, you know, so-called elevated? Are we going to have a little bit of fun, go back to camp? And I really don't know because I feel like it could go either way. I've noticed amongst horror fans, especially myself, that I'm kind of leaning more towards things that are fun and kind of ridiculous and kind of incredibly dumb. Um, <laughs> prestige is nice. Seriousness is nice. Art house is great. But sometimes you just want a little bit of ridiculousness. I think ridiculousness is good for the health. It's good for your viewing experience. Um, we might be heading more toward a Scream-esque satirical horror direction, which could be fun too. We have Bodies, Bodies, Bodies coming out, which I'm hearing great things about. Gonna go see it soon. Um, hope I love it. But I think if the last few years are any indicator, we might be leaning a little more towards fun horror movies back to what is the heart and soul, I think, of the genre, especially of teen horror, those teen screams that we love so much. More than the tone and the subgenres, I'm hoping we see more stories from groups that we haven't really seen stories from before. That is what I'm most looking forward to, and I want those stories to be good, I want them to be fun and batshit. But I also want to see those kinds of stories from people that I haven't seen telling them before. Things like Blood Quantum comes to mind. I think we had good ideas in the 90s and the 2000s, especially with things like uh, Tales from the Hood and Bones, that Snoop Dogg horror film. So I'd like to see it going into a direction where we celebrate what makes horror, especially teen screams so fun and exciting and thrilling and memorable and why we when i say we i guess i mean myself strictly often revisit 90s teen horror to sort of scratch that itch of this is kind of wild i love it Bye.
I do think some of the fun has made its way back. I think, um, for want of a better term, uh, everyone got very obsessed with, um, highbrow horror or what's the term that everyone uses? I can't remember, but like that thing where they're like, some horror is better than other horrors, like just a better thing to do. It means it's not really a horror film. Um, and I think recently people started to get over that a bit, which is, nice and they realize that horror can do lots of different things like we have films like happy death day which is incredibly fun which is like a groundhog day type slasher set in a sorority um we have ready or not which i guess is still not teen but like young people young person um even films like host like there's just i don't know an element of fun has been brought back in and then even with films that aren't meant to be like <laughs> like a rollicking good time like it follows it's it's smart they've given teenagers credit they've um let them be smart and try to figure stuff out on their own um even though obviously that film involves a lot of sex they still haven't made it like they haven't there's less sexualizing of teenagers i guess like they feel like teens like for real they don't feel like overly witty or overly sexualized they're just like these kids who are on the cusp of adulthood um so i do think people are finding new smart ways to represent teens as they are now which is like informed and sometimes it goes too far like sometimes you have people like who sound like a twitter thread like some characters in some of these films but i think for the most part or for some of the part (laughs) they um people are starting to find their feet with actually what teenagers are actually like like fear street is another one that's really fun like a really fun trilogy that gives them credit that lets them try lots of things and fail it's not afraid to kill them either which like in really horrifying in ways that i wasn't expecting in fear street especially um and there are some bad ones like i think all the remakes they try and modernize an old film uh looking at you new texas chainsaw massacre um they always fall flat because you're never going to recapture something like that. So either do something completely new or like know what new direction you're trying to go in. Um, rather than trying to like slap a bunch of hashtags on an old film, like with characters that you haven't, you've clearly not really understood like Leatherface. But, um, yeah, I think, I think we're slowly, hopefully moving in the right direction. There are films I'm excited to see again. Like there's films like um, Spontaneous, which I really enjoyed. Freaky was really fun. So I think we are recapturing some of that and people are being smart about how they figure technology, how they figure this very informed teenager that you have today into those narratives. Teen horror has been on a fascinating journey, and it's been great watching it experiment and evolve. My hunch is that it's heading in a more nihilistic direction now, touching on the alienation that young people face about their future on the planet. The emerging films will carry a heavier psychological load as society continues to deal with ever more urgent crises climate change, racial injustice, economic downturns, political corruption, 
global pandemics, mass shootings, the threat of nuclear war. It's difficult to hold on to the carefree spirit of youth when one is facing seemingly insurmountable challenges so early on in life. I envision the new crop of teen horror films to address the isolation and atomization felt by youngsters, tapping into the hopelessness and existential dread especially. The internet will feature strongly in this new wave of films because it determines so much of social interaction in adolescent communities. I'm thinking euphoria with a much more hard-hitting social horror aspect. This should be taken as a positive sign because the horror genre is really an opportunity to process difficult feelings. So if it's being represented and it's on the way to finding healing. I wish the kids the very best of luck. And to bring this season and this teen horror medley of sorts to a finale, let's hear from Louise Blaine, who, as usual, answers both these questions beautifully. Okay, I think the thing is, with teen horror, you tend to think that your time that you grew up with when you were a teenager watching teen horror is the best, which automatically means that I think the 90s is the best because of Scream and the craft and the faculty and Final Destination and all of those things. But I do think that those still have a lasting impact. We're still watching sequels to all of those now. We've just seen Scream be revisited with a whole new set of teens and a whole new set of rules. So I think teen horror can evolve because I think the true horror is being a teen, isn't it? And it's being facing high school and it's facing all the things that you have to face when you are coming into your own and working out who you are and who your friends are. And all of that is intrinsically terrifying in the first place. So I think teen horror in a sense, is ageless because it's always teen. It's always what you experience as a teenager. So I think I'm rolling both my answers into one is the fact that where teen horror can go next is just facing the new fears of a new generation and what it's like to go to school now, what it's like to go to uni now, what it's like to be young now. And as long as you're always targeting those things, then I think you'll always, you'll always ace teen horror because as long as you can skewer what everyone's afraid of whether you can make it werewolves or vampires or slashers or things that transform into your deepest fears which we obviously discussed with it and pennywise is the fact that that's the very epitome of what good teen horror is is a transformation of fears so i think as long as it keeps doing what it's doing and scaring people and getting under people's skin because deep down they're afraid of those things too then I think teen horror will always, will always be successful as a, as a genre. And I always want to see it. You know, I don't think it, I don't think the attraction of teen horror disappears with age. I think when that's one of your formative experiences, you always want to go back to almost the safety of teen horror because it kind of has, kind of has rules, which is nice. It kind of, you know, there, there will be triumph at the end, you know, as, as Buffy always kind of taught us that going to high school was literal hell but they survived mostly so yeah teen horror 
forever. And that has been all for this final bonus episode for this recap of my own and my lovely and brilliant contributors' thoughts on the state of the teen horror genre. I'll be announcing details of our next seasons over in our social media very soon. You can follow us over on Instagram and Twitter at The Final Girls UK. That's where I'll be posting all the updates and everything that we've got coming up, including live events that we've got coming up in September and further on. You can follow me at Anna B. Demented, also on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the season. And with all of that said, I can finally say the words, school's out. <laughs>